Let's get into it then. All right. Awesome sauce. I ask that the gods and goddesses of our respective paths bless this circle so that we may be free and protected within this space. And if you have this one word, pagan or paganism. For the pagan community. Exactly. Right. The, the big umbrella. And that was fucking fantastic. Of the podcast ever. We're three pagans. Exactly. We're three pagans. And a cat. And may the works this day of be of the highest good for all present and those listening. So mote it be. The circle is cast. Hey, everybody. It's Gwyn and Ode. And uh, we're just waiting for Phyllis Parat mm-hmm. to come and join us. We'll, we'll, we'll do a little intro to Phyllis. She's got a, uh, yeah, she's got a bio yep. here in the syllabus. Yep. So Phyllis Karat is a spiritual trailblazer and priestess, an attorney and best-selling author whose groundbreaking books have made Wicca accessible to the world and awakened an entire generation for the goddess. She is vice chair emerita of the 2015 Parliament of the World's Religions and founder of the Temple of Ara. Visit Phyllis at www.phylliscarat.com. That's P-H-Y-L-L-I-S-C-U-R-O. T-T.com. Okay, and yes, I'm taking pictures while uh-huh. we're on the you know, I don't think to do it. this ahead of the time. I'm accustomed to it. She <laughs> takes photos at every conceivable opportunity. I just, like, I'm conscious that it's happening, but I choose to ignore it because I know what she wants are candid shots, so I just keep doing whatever I'm doing because that's whatever she wanted to record in the in the first place. <laughs> Car has a different approach, which is to thwart candid shots as often as possible by stopping and pulling a stupid face. So, Phyllis, hi. Uh, carefully. I'm just very carefully. Come, come join, join us. Because we, if you, no, you can't. You're set up here. Yep, yep, yep. Okay. So, here's Phyllis. Uh, Alyssa and... Much better with the shades on. Yeah, classic. Alyssa and whoever else is with us currently, uh, if you have any questions for Phyllis. Hey, Quinn. Hey, QQ. Hey, QQ. Happy solstice, Alyssa. Uh, if you have any questions for Phyllis, drop them in the chat and we'll read them out. But first... But first... Hi. Hi, hi. I'm Ode. Hi, Ode. Nice to meet you. I'm Gwen. Hi, Gwen. It's very nice, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. And this is... To have you on. <laughs> Phyllis Carat. Yeah, this is Phyllis Carat. I hope we're saying your name right. Yes. Okay. <laughs> you and are. We don't really know how to say it. It's Norwegian with a French spelling. Oh, oh boy. Oh. My, my, my father's uh, people are from Michigan, actually. Oh, Pentwater. Okay. Yeah. He had a farm. He was a, he was a sea captain, but he had a uh, blueberry farm. Oh, neat. So I love coming back to Michigan. Oh, I'm good. really happy. Returning to, to your here. roots. Yeah. And this is, I'm returning to the community after a long hiatus. So it's like really cool to come back. When the invitation came to come to Michigan Pegasus, I was like, that's a really you know, you go back home mm-hmm. to start again. That's well, that's cool. This Very is only cool. our second year at, at Michigan Pagan Fest, but what we are feeling about Michigan Pagan Fest from the very moment we arrived last year was that this is a very like family reunion kind of feeling. And last year we didn't know hardly anyone. We had sort of just entered the pagan community. This year we came in, we, we saw all our friends, ah. got to give everybody hugs. Yep. And it was very much like a family reunion because you know you only see these people once or twice a year. Which is why everybody loves each other. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Only see each other at the, at, at your best. Well, we did an introduction for you while right. we were waiting. Did you for really? You. We read your bio. Yes, you read my bio. So, so tell us. I read my bio. I'm like, wow. Tell 
yeah. did all that yeah. and was oppressed while you were doing and that's it. that's the thing is you've, you've done some amazing things for the pagan community over the over the years as a priestess, as a as a lawyer, as an author. Um, so could you tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, what? How did you tell make? us the secrets that aren't on the bike? Yeah, tell us what isn't on the. I love chocolate and <laughs> <laughs> long walks on the beach. Uh -huh. um, can I tell you? I mean, the story of how I how I ended up practicing witchcraft was the first book I did from the shadows, and I cannot believe the 20th anniversary. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, I was like, I went out for pizza. I got depressed for a few years, and I like, and I, you're telling me 20 years has gone by. Yeah, apparently. And that book was a breakthrough for me, discovering a new role as a writer because I'd already been practicing for like 20 years when I wrote it. Yeah. Um, and I waited a long time. A lot of people were putting books out. Uh, but they felt like they were, like a lot of what's out right now. Well intended, but now I'm going to really date myself. But these were like Xerox copies of Xerox copies of Xerox copies. It was like... You lose a little more information each time. And yeah. it's the same thing. Yeah. It's like, you know, here's the recipe. Here's the recipe. And it's like, that's not what magic is. You know? Um, when I... When I look back at what had brought me to the crash and what what had happened and what magic was really. I mean, I wrote about the coven. I wrote about how we cast spells. I wrote about how we created a circle. I wrote about how we drew down all these things, which, you know, 40 years ago, there were a handful of people doing this, and right. everybody was in the and now they're the, closet. now they're the standards. Instagram. Uh -huh. Yeah, exactly. You know, like, people who don't know what they're doing, and they're like, I did a little research for you guys, and they have 500,000 people watching it, and I'm like, I want to kill myself, which is one reason I'm like, I think you need to go back to work. And it was part of what made me go back to work in that way as a writer 20 years ago because the practice was starting to spread. The internet was happening, publishing was starting to happen, but it was okay. You know, it was like the universe is a machine. And magic is a way to manipulate it. Say the right thing, use the right herbs, do it at the right time of day, pull the lever. Sort of a scientific view of magic. In a yeah. way, yeah. I mean, it's the magical side. It's a way. It's a. It's the occult equivalent of the scientific view. Universe is a machine, and we manipulate it this way and get what we want right. out of it. And my experience of magic was not that. I realized as I was writing the story of how I came to witchcraft, but the greatest magic was not the spells that we cast, although they were fantastic and they worked very often and blew my mind. And it wasn't in the, the, the potion or the whatever, although we created these amazing things. Like, I mean, a solar blast spell will really change everything. But the real magic for me, I realized, was the presence of the divine in my life you know, you could call it goddess, you could call it Athena, you could, uh, you know, you could call it the green, I mean, you know, you could put, because it's shapeshifts, you could call it by any name. But the more important thing was that it was calling me. I think it's calling us. And the greatest magic was the presence of the divine leading me on this extraordinary adventure yeah. into realms of spirit. And more importantly, back into this world. And suddenly, I, when I came back, I came back with the ability to see the world as it really was, to see the world as safe. Right? So it wasn't just the patriarchal model. 
out there somewhere or the a new age and the mundane spiritual and the profane right yeah. and nature isn't something and i still have that that habit myself of wrong thinking that you use the air or you use the water or you know, no you work with them mm -hmm. Because everything embodies the divine. The divine is alive and palpable and with us. And so that was the first book. And then witchcrafting, I did a lot of deconstructing of uh, a lot of deconstructing of what seemed to me patriarchal thinking mm -hmm. and why the threefold law was was nonsense. Uh -huh. Yeah. And no offense, no offense, no offense to anybody using it. No, no offense. No. I, I hope I offend Weird. you because it's nonsense. And I'm Weird. happy to discuss it with you at greater length. Thank That's you. fine. Okay. Yeah. No, no, you need to get past it. None of us, none of us, none of us here, here we do subscribe to the threefold law. Yeah, so no. yeah, but that's not saying that therefore it's okay to hex, which is my actually the journey for the last ten years when I was away from the community was in. I mean, you know, most people if you if you look on my Howcast videos, spellcasting has one hundred and eighty six thousand views. Mm -hmm. Ethics has like eight thousand. Yeah, people don't care, and yet. Why we do what we do, mm -hmm. how we view the world, how we live in the world, how we experience magic, how we experience the divine, why we're really truly called to this path, who we are and who we're meant to be. The reason that I don't care what your tradition is, the reason that you are, because and everybody's path is unique. But we're traveling, I mean, I've been doing this for what, like 40 years now, more. And I know people from countless traditions and all over the world. And we all have a somewhat unique way. We also all have very similar essential practices, honoring the directions, usually working in a circle, Hospitality. above, below, the center, graciousness, the honoring of the sacred, the honoring of the earth. You know, there are these sort of fundamental things. But the most fundamental is that we're here for a reason. And the world is in crisis right now. Yeah. You know, An ever-escalating crisis. Ever es I woke up this morning and the only reason that we're not, you know, at war with Iran mm -hmm. is because at the last minute, you know, he, he got scared. He freaked out and he was like, maybe I should push the button. And worse than that is the environmental crisis. That, yeah. that the Which world that you're going to face. We're rapidly reaching a point of no return. Exactly. Of, of no matter what we do exactly. at this point, it's too late. And well, it is too late and it isn't too late. I mean, we have to It's not too late. Yes, it isn't. Here's, yeah, exactly. Here's what's fascinating about the environmental crisis. Everyone frames this as, and then I'll, no, sorry, this no. is going to be a brief digression. No, no, it's good. The, the environmental crisis is framed as if the planet is dying. The planet will survive us. The planet will, at the end of it all, be fine. Our species will stop existing, and then the planet will equal out. But it's a little, over, it's a little over, more tragic than that. Over millennia, yeah. but it, it's a little more tragic than that because we are taking with us. Oh yeah, we'll take, every, we'll take everything else with us. Fifty percent. Yeah. Of the, the plants and the animals. Oh, yeah. life, is, life as we know it. That's what it yeah. right. Sorry. <laughs> and it's, I mean, we don't have a concept of sin in this mm -hmm. spirituality. Right. If we did, that would be it. Yeah. Right? Um, we're murdering. We're mur we are mm -hmm. responsible for murdering. And totally unacceptable. So, I'm, I mean, I'm completely convinced that the reason that, that this is now, that witchcraft specifically, and then paganism in the sort of broader category because there are all these ethnic revivals and blah, blah, blah. That the reason that this is happening is the fastest growing spirituality in America, which 
which I started saying in the 90s, and which now finally the, the Pew the Research Foundation has using the same statistical analyses that I was presenting in the 90s, and they were referring to that now going into going, oh, 20 years later, look at that. Oh, look at that. It's the fastest growing spirituality in America. But now the numbers are in fact so large that it cannot be denied. Yeah. And we've made so much progress, and it's so pervasive. It truly is everywhere. But why? Okay, so a lot of people come at the beginning because they're looking for power, because it's a rebellion, because it's an affirmation of, you know, whatever, you know, the, your unique expression is, because you're rejecting patriarchy, blah, 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 blah. Okay, because you want to cast a spell and get a new boyfriend, <laughs> because we're powerless and people who are powerless are always drawn to, in, you know, these indigenous magical traditions. It's one of the characteristics of magical traditions is that it's, right, the religion of the the poor, the impoverished, right? Yeah. Because we don't have power. The power that we it's need, power. the power that we need is already within and all around us. It's the power and the wisdom. It's what you were saying in a slightly different take, that the earth will recreate herself. That her, her deep magic, the magic of the divine embodied by the earth is this gift of rebirth. Yeah. That the forms change, but the energy is constant, constantly taking new form. There's a reason that this movement is growing beyond the personal gratification or the personal validation or anything else. We're being called. We are being called by the divine and bodied by Mother Earth to do what we are meant to do, to learn how to live in a sacred way because we're part of a sacred planet. And that's what a witch is. A witch is a wise one. We were the shamans of our people. We were the ones who went into the realm of spirit and came back with healing, with wisdom, with, you know, over here is the, is the herd and over there is the water and, you know, and, and this is your path as you go out into life and this and is it, your name. But more importantly, we, we come back with the gift sight yeah. not just what we see in realms of spirit what we see here as the embodiment of spirit and that is what we are called to we are called now to be the conscience of humanity to bring us back That's to living thing. in peace and harmony with the planet because it, it used to be that that job, job it used to be that that job was maintaining right relationship that job was maintaining that was, a good sacred that relationship the, that was now the of the witch and the wise right. woman now because of the way history has turned that job has changed from maintaining right relationship to, to restoring, restoring right relationship which right. is a much harder job Oh my God. It's much harder than maintaining equilibrium mm -hmm. because because now you have to you have to drive societal change before you exactly. can get to equilibrium. And witchcrafting is now the fastest growing spirituality in the United States. And you want want to ask me about my history? That's been my drive. Mm -hmm. Yeah, from the minute I walked in the door, before I was even initiated, when I on the night of my initiation, when the book fell off the shelf, I told the story of the Book of Shadows, and and it opened to Aradia, and I read it, and I was like, and I in an instant was like, oh, that's my name, that's my craft name, and on the night that I was initiated, because I came in through, it was avant-garde, it was the Minoan Sisterhood, so it was, but it was a neo-Gardnerian tradition, and you know, the roots went back to Gerald. I mean, there wasn't much else around. Yeah. Yeah, maybe Victor Anderson with a little fairy stuff off on the West Coast, but, and even he, in that moment, it was like, this is the wisdom the world has lost, and this is your job, and this is what you do. And so 
almost immediately, even though it was completely hidden. I was public. In, in 1982, 1983, I was public. And then I took on the legal cases to, so people could perform legally binding marriages in New York so that people could incorporate as churches and temples across the country so that you could wear a pentacle and not get kicked out of school so you could keep custody of your kids and a, a lot of those cases were my cases because i was not a lawyer in michigan or texas but i consulted on them and i hooked them up with with aclu lawyers and i consulted with the attorneys that, and, yeah and i you know this is how you do it the pentacle on the military grave yes right that was yeah. finally handled was by a, americans that was a, united that was a big one and that case was close to jumping the rails. So, so from the very beginning, it was clear to me, this was the wisdom the world had lost and the wound that it opened in our souls that's 5,000 years old, right? When we, when we said, when we started to go blind and to say, God someplace else, and you know, this is inanimate and we can do whatever we want with it. Right. We can manipulate it, we can control it. And a lot of magic yeah, still has that. was that. Yeah. It was still this Victorian, I mean, it was, making progress but it was still this very patriarchal yeah right you know it's a patriarchal notion of magic is the wizard and controlling the forces and manipulating the forces of nature yeah you, like, you, bind, you bind and can manipulate and exactly. demand and exactly and command and and, and, and punish as opposed to working with allies mm -hmm. uh, of being allied with with yes. and aligned and aligned with the, the with nature and with the the moon the spirits. And, the, and the spirits and the divine. And and I was just reading the other day an article. Um, it was actually on Patheos. And it was from a Christian perspective of how the earth was given to human beings to use. Oh, God. Right? And then that... Which and so, I, I vaguely and recall I like, from my brief time in Christianity as a child that it was given to humans in custody, as in, like, yeah, take care well, of this. Exactly. But that doesn't seem and to so, And I feel, like, I feel like there are so many of us, though, coming out of a patriarchal religion, yeah. as I think you mentioned this earlier, we are bringing this into the craft. Yeah. So that you bring we your are, baggage with you, You obviously. bring your baggage with you. And so we are, instead of aligning and instead of being alliced with, with yeah. nature, uh, we, we are using, using it. Right. And I think this is important. There, a shift has to be made. That's the work I'm doing now. Yeah. That's one reason I came back. I mean, part of my perspective was always informed by the fact that I, the very beginning when I was working with the my coven in New York, training with them, I was simultaneously working with the very first group that came out of Dr. Michael Horner's work, the, mm, the Core yes, Shamanism, yes, the, core the shamanism. Brooklyn group. Yep. Mm -hmm. So from the very beginning, the two things were intertwined. And my priestesses didn't explain anything, really. There was no teaching, there was just doing. So I just sort of figured it all out myself. And it was really clear to me right away that witchcraft was a form of shamanism. It was burdened and overlaid with all of this Victorian, esoteric, yeah. occult, you know, magical a lot of it come, stuff. A lot of it came alchemy. down from, from the old alchemists. Yeah. 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 Well, that was the one of the, I mean, this is a big conversation, but the which again is a very, survival, yeah, right. you know, in the hands of men during the Renaissance exactly. and all yeah. that stuff, right? Um, good, better than not having right. it preserved. At least we have this, yes. Right. But when you strip away all that stuff, which is what I started to do almost right and almost immediately. And that was witchcraft, was that. And you distill these things to their essentials. You simplify, you focus. If you're paying attention, and to me that's what this ultimately is, then you are, you're coming into a, 
a kind of true awakening and a, a right what, what right relationship right what indigenous yeah. traditions always call right relation and it's you let go of the need to control and to manipulate and to we are so far behind the learning curve you know, we're so, I adore science because science is at least the attempt to begin to un right. understand how it's misused, like right. magic being misused to control, you know, by capitalism. And so that's another issue. But it is the, des the desire to understand, mm -hmm. right? And the other way to understand is our method, you know, is, is through ecstatic practice and through altered states of consciousness and through the opening of intuition and all of these uh, the, the intellectual versus the emotional understanding? They don't have to be versus, you know? Fair, yeah. They, in fact, they're integrated, and that's the thing about balance, right? Masculine and feminine, the range of polarity between the two, you know, there is a union and there's a polarity and there's science and there's intuitive wisdom, and they're not opposites, yeah, as in gender. And that's sort of the thing about, about you know, the whole fluidity in gender now. It's like they're not opposites, mm -hmm. right? There is this range within. It's there is a relationship. There's a relationship. And the real relationship of polarity is a bond that holds things together. There's a union. For me, the, the bond is ultimately really is love. It truly is love. But the energy of life, in fact, is love. So the, the challenge now is we used to be the agents of maintaining right relationship. And now, and beautifully said, and I'm going to borrow it from you, <laughs> the relation is the restoration of right and how do you do that? I, I really think that the, the essential practice is not the over-elaborate, right. but the essential practices are incredibly valuable. After not practicing for a while and then coming back to it, it was like, oh, you mean all that rigmarole for all those years? It, it wasn't about the rigmarole and the, and the gesticulate. It was about breathing. So what happened? So, I mean, this is, my, this is one of the things I'm going to talk about in the Nature's Secret Magic. When I had gone through this gruesome depression, my, my own community fractured, and I really felt like, what are we doing if we're eating our own? You know, how are we really practicing in a way that makes us better? If we're mistreating each other, you know, where did we screw up? Where's the magic and where's the spirituality? And where's which yeah. Oh my God. And you know, I, I took off for it and I stopped practicing and I entered into a, an amazing adventure in pursuit of a deeper understanding of who we are and where we are and why the heck we're here. And the moment of reawakening for me was the, was the mother basically whispering in my ear and she was like, are you done now? Are you done destroying yourself with your self-doubt and your doubt about everything? Because I was, I mean, I was still working. I was still running the parliament. I was still, not running the parliament, but, you know, I was the vice chair of the right. parliament. I created the women's inaugural. So, I mean, I was working my ass off, right? It was the first time that I got witches and pagans on the plenary stage. The goddess was on the the main stages, you know, they've tolerated us. Right. We were always yeah. right? quietly in a corner. Quiet. So I was working. I was always working. But it was the whisper in my ear when I was sitting in my garden after chasing all over the world 
in pursuit of the green man. And, and she just whispered in my ear and she said, just breathe. Because I was in a dark place from all the damage we do to each other and the damage we've done to this planet and my doubts about our path. And, and she just was like, breathe. And I started, I breathed. And I, I'm breathing. Oh, yeah, prana chi, right, okay. Right. And then exhale my tattoo. She's like, just quiet. <laughs> just stop talking, just breathe. And I breathe. And the second breath, with my mind a little quieter, I started to feel this energy. And when I exhaled, I noticed the leaves on the trees like dancing in response to my exhale. And when I inhaled, I literally felt and saw them sending this breath of life to me. And I had this opening. The blindfold came off, right? I could see the sacred in the world in which I live. And what I saw was that all of the green things... We have quite a few around right yes, now. we do. We're breathing for me. We're, we're, they had spent the night in photosynthesis, blah, 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 blah. And they were exhaling oxygen, the breath of life for me. And I was bringing them and their gift of breath, of breath of life, of life itself into me. And I could feel the, I mean, I, you know, it was so, and I could feel it, right? When you're breathing properly, and I mean, there are entire practices that are nothing but that, right? right. Buddhist yeah, meditation right. and yoga, and a lot of my practice now has come to our version of it. And then I realized how wrong I'd been for so many years, because this is what we were taught. Exhale your tension. Uh -huh. Exhale your toxins. Put your garbage in the water, uh -huh. right? Yeah. And it was like, that's not what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. When I'm exhaling, I have created for them... Mm -hmm. In my metabolism, mm -hmm. waste, the right. carbon, carbon, dioxide, yeah. carbon dioxide, which is the breath of life for them. Yep. And as it's I exhaled, I saw them. Yeah. We yeah, are, we're in a symbiotic relationship with our entire planet. Forget the word <laughs> it is, but now take away that word. Mm -hmm. We are we are in a, a life-exchanging relationship. Every breath that you take is a gift of life from the green from the greenest and thing sisters. next to you. And every breath that you exhale is a gift of life back to them. You could say that we exist for each other. Yeah. Because we certainly can't live without them. They could live without us because there are other living creatures right, on the right. planet who will do this for them. But when you become aware, suddenly I realized I was no longer alone. That all I had to do when I got confused or anxious or overwhelmed or despairing was to breathe. And in that moment of breathing, I was being loved and and, and given life by the planet. By the, and I was giving it that. And the, the feeling of love. So it's the circle. And what is the binding energy of the circle? It's life, and it's this love. I felt this love for their generosity, and I wanted to return it to them. And suddenly I began to think, this is the point of what we're doing. It wasn't that, and I summoned her. Mm -hmm. Okay, thank you. I'm glad I at least learned that. Right.
it is breathe and and see what you are doing and feel the relationship. And now we know science, mm-hmm. right? They've studied Buddhist meditation, breath meditation, into which a mantra is introduced or compassionate heart, right? This is what um, the Dalai Lama teaches and all of his monks, and they're marvelous. And I've spent a lot of time with these guys because of my parliament, mm-hmm. my interfaith work. If you meditate with this image or word or emotion, mm-hmm. compassion, compassion, it changes the brain mm-hmm. and it changes the personality and it changes who you are. So it's time to change who we are from witches who are like, you know, I'm going to cast this little spell, I'm going to get a new boyfriend, and like level one, which is fine. I did it, I loved it, it was great. You learn a lot from it to why we're really here, to what we are being called to do, and restoring right relationship. Right relationship. <laughs> yeah, restoring right relationship. Is, and experiencing the divine embodied by creation, by the earth, seeing the sacred in the world, living in a sacred way because we live in a sacred world, part of the sacred world is as simple as breathing or how you work with the earth or how you work with life. Our practices can bring us back to a state of um, static, harmonious, abundant peaceful, wise, the way it's meant to be. That's our job. Yeah. That's why I came back to work. That's what I'm teaching. That's what I'm talking. That's what I'm writing about. That's what, and that's, I am passionate about this. You can do all sorts of things. Do it in your own way. Do your own unique path. The call to action is pick an element that speaks to you. I mean, use the practices in these more simple, you know, these more direct and intimate revelatory ways. Pick an element, air, energy consumption, fire, water, flint, earth, something. Pick one, learn about it, work with it magically, let it teach you, figure out what is needed where you live. How is it injured? How is it wounded? How is it damaged? And become an activist where you live in service of this particular element. And when you've done that, then you can go on to the next one. Start healing. Start healing. I'm in accord. My yeah. practice is as a, a okay, green got it. No, 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 no. Okay. Please my talk to us. That's why you're But you gotta do it now because we have yeah. five yeah. minutes. My practice is as a green witch. And so that is something that I was taught from the you know from the beginning is to to be you know part of nature, to be in relationship with nature. And I, I wanted to ask, I know there's a you know, there are so many books out there right now on how to do this, how to do that. Do you feel like this this intimacy, this understanding of nature, this union with nature, do you feel like that's missing from a majority of what's being taught yeah. to new people? Yeah, I think oh, for a lot sure. of what's that's taught to new people is mechanical. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I did, you know, I hadn't worked in a while. I hadn't written in a long time. And, um, and I went on this adventure, which is the subject of finally the next memoir about my journey with the green man. And then this epiphany when I came home after traveling the world and, and I started to write, I was like, no one's going to believe this story because it was off the track. So we don't have time to go into it, but I started to work on it. And it was really difficult because I hadn't written in a long time. But I got enough outlined in chapters and I was like, okay, this is the story and this is the structure of how I want to tell it. And with it, I want to do a small book called First Principles, which was this revelation of 
the mother of like, this is how I do it. This is how, you know, creation is organized to create and sustain life. And everything lives according to this, except you guys and you're, and you're wrecking everything. So I want to share this with you now. And I've gone on this journey to understand. So that was the other one. I was starting and I felt like there was a piece missing from that. I wasn't ready to write that little book. I was ready to write the memoir. So I called my agent and I was like, are you still my agent? I don't have to anything in 14 years. Are you still? And she was like, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. What have you got? And I was like, well, I've got this memoir, this story of this this encounter that I had in Italy where the green man literally appeared to me in the middle of the labyrinth at the beginning of my keeping of my initiatory commitment on the very that night when I was first initiated and I took the name Aradia and I found myself making this promise that I would open the world to witchcraft and that I would go to Italy to help bring the old religion mm-hmm. back. <laughs> and it's a big promise to make. <laughs> and on, I was, your, on the night of your initiation. Where it came from. <laughs> I mean, you know, well, three coins in the fountain. But what Italy. And there I was, fulfilling that promise, initiating people that I'd been working with for quite a number of years. And the green man appeared, literally appeared. And a year later when I went back, one of the students had been observing while I was in the middle of making this offering and I had felt this, and I was afraid to turn around, I had felt this energy come up from the earth. And I was offering my third book, which I had literally finished while I was there. And they had a photograph that oh my had gosh. taken. Wow. And he was st- it was the green man. Mm-hmm. Not like, oh, it looks sort of no, right, no, no, no. like a picture of you mm-hmm. standing. And I had told no one of this. Mm-hmm. Of your feeling. There he was standing behind me. Wow. And I went off on this journey then, which was an astonishing adventure around the world and finding him and what it meant and why. And he had said to me, there was no language when he appeared, none. It was the most extraordinary because I suddenly realized especially me, how utterly dependent on language we are as human beings. Yeah. We, we think in words, no language. And then finally, there was this struggle, like, to... Right, to sort of smash some knowledge in you. Well, no, but to, like, well, how do you communicate? Yeah, how do you, how do how do you, you convey know your intention? Yeah. Without a word, right? And I felt this struggle. It was on my point. And suddenly there was a word, protect and I thought at the time that he was saying, don't be afraid, I'm protective. Mm. But it's the other way around. It took me almost It was, it was not a reassurance, it was a command. It was a command. <laughs> and I traveled around the world. And when I came home, that's when I had the epiphany, the mother and the breathing. And it was like, oh, I, I, that's my, that's yeah, our that's, job. That's my job. job. Yeah. That's the job. So how do we convey that to young witches? And since we have so I'm going to write a book about it. Yeah, 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 get, get I'll write the memoir. I'll write the, I'll write the book. Because we have so many, you know, there's, and you'll teach, we'll teach. There's online lessons. There's books. There's all this stuff that's all teaching just this other stuff that is not saying, hey, we are we are meant to be a protector. We are meant to be in relationship with the earth. We are not called to use the earth. We are called to, to build up the earth, if you will, and to work with her. Right. I mean, this is our Earth Mother. We, we are, right. to, you know, like literally, literally. Yeah. And well, how? I, 
Okay. So how do we convey this? Like, for instance, you were saying, you know, the law of three. Sorry, right. guys. It's crap. Gerald <laughs> <laughs> so Gardner made it up because because Doreen came to him and said, you know, people are coming to this more often now. And this was like in the 1950s when it was like five people. Uh -huh. We need some. We're religious. We need some okay. morality. So, he, yeah. you know, he'd been in India. So he made up the three laws. laws. Which, if you think about it, is a lot like. It's uh, a patriarchal rule. It's a patriarchal yeah. rule. It's like, it's like the golden rule. Yeah. No, it's worse. It's <laughs> what it says is. What it's uh, quick and aside. What it says is, this is what it says. If you do something bad, something worse will happen to you. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a rule. It's retributive. It's a rule based that's enforced by punishment. Yeah. That's yeah. patriarchal. If you live in a sacred world, you don't need that because you're. If you're living in a sacred world, then you're seeking to live in a sacred way. You're motivated not by fear of punishment. You're motivated by love, by desire. You're motivated by, thank you for the gift of life. Let me give it back to you. Oh, my goddess. What a state of ecstasy. I can enter into this divine relationship just by paying attention to the reality of what is happening with every single breath I take. The divine is a breath away. It changes everything. And the practice is to take it from an idea to a lived, embodied experience. Okay, so you asked me. So here's the thing. So the... Long-winded story, right? So, <laughs> so I the agent says to me, "So you you know you publish your guide while you're <laughs> while you're away." I was like, "Really?" She said, "Yeah, the guide." Uh, so, who do you want to publish your books? She was being a little tough on me. Yeah. And I said, "Well, I've given a lot of thought. I would like it to be Hay House." She said, "Hay House, they're a New Age publisher." I said, "Yeah, but I really believe that the New Age community I've always believed this is a natural affinity. That you know, it's like the divine is elsewhere, out mm -hmm. there, spirit and life. We have more but in common with the New Age we than we have like a to lot think. in common. A <laughs> we lot. Could, we could work together. We have some fundamental differences in some things, but not enough to make a difference. A lot of of overlap. And and Louise Hay was a witch, whether she would use that word or not. <laughs> and this whole conversation about like how you how you can transform, like we were talking about before with meditation, how easily it becomes magic, the term that we use of magic, of how the Buddhists change who they are and how they are by focusing on the heart and compassion and how it makes them more magic. Okay, so, so I say, hey, house, and she goes, okay, so finish up the proposal and send it over to me and I'll get it to them. I open my email the next morning, the next morning, and there's an email from Hay House. <laughs> she had not called them. It was an email from Hay House saying, we'd like you to write this little book. They didn't expect me to do it, uh -huh. it for their Made Easy series, oh, Made yeah. Easy series, which is like people with expertise writing uh -huh. about yeah. a narrow topic. Uh, yeah. Well, about this, you know, shamanism or mm -hmm. Buddhism or... So they wanted yeah, me to do Wicca. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I said, yes, they fell off their chairs because they didn't think I would do it. And I did it. It's Wicca. It's it's the classic, you know, and this is how. Da, da, da. But it's the opposite of mechanical because everything is about the point of doing it, which is to take off the blindfold and experience this embodied divinity, to awaken the magic within you. And what is that magic? It's the living divinity that is a, and, and this what is magic magic is the divine flowing into into you and through you into the world mm -hmm. that communion so i wrote that little book it's not mechanical it's not mechanical and now i'm doing an online class hey, they came yeah. back to me and they said will you do an online class i was like what 
And he said, witchcraft. Let's call it let's call it what it is. And he's like, really? You sure? You ready for this? They were like, yeah. I said, I can't do eight. I can't reduce witchcraft to eight hours. It'll become mechanical. They're like, no, no. You can do it. So I did. And it's not mechanical. I mean, it's these are these are the steps. This is how you cast a circle. But everything is what's the point? Right. Why are you doing? Why, are, Why you are, doing are you doing it? Which was what which company was? I think that's so. It's starting from a lot of things. Yeah. It's like it's just like you said, why? just telling. This is why you do it, or this is what you're doing. This is think, how you do I it. I think the answer to why. why. I think the answer to why is this missing is that a lot of the people who are writing the books don't know the answer. Yeah. Right. They don't know. They're just repeating what they've been. The Xerox taught. copy yeah. of the Xerox yeah. copy of the Xerox, and nobody really knows. Yeah. The date myself Why? but okay. yeah, exactly. but we're very much right. we're turning to that yeah yeah we need that, that. Experience. we need that experience. well yes because otherwise god in a dress it's it's what i see you know it's amazing what's happened with instagram and with uh the internet which was an enormous boost to the growth of the community in the 90s, right? Because suddenly people weren't alone. They had community. You could be in, you know, a little tiny town in Michigan or down south and you weren't alone anymore. Yeah, we have actually a large community in our just our Three Pigs and a Cat podcast. We have listeners in Australia. Yeah, and so we've been able to bring a lot of people who are new to the craft Mm -hmm. together. So important. And they're living in places where they They'll never meet each other. Exactly. Yeah. but you're doing substance and part of the problem of, you know, when I look on Instagram, aside from, you know, pardon me, but, you know, I go to hashtag goddess and it's like, and I'm like, I'm going to kill myself. Why did I, why did I bother? It's or, true. You got to admit it. It's uh, true. Or you get the, or you get the um, Instagram, which is have a yeah. hashtag aesthetic. Yeah. 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 Or, right. Which is of Instagram. And everybody's some comparing themselves. Oh yeah. Some of it's beautiful. Some oh of my it's God. So sometimes sometimes if you're following the right people or if you get lucky you can find something that is both beautiful and, and substantial smart. right there's some gorgeous stuff some really I, initially i was horrified and then i was like okay just take a deep breath <laughs> you know talk to the trees and the trees are like oh, what are you gonna do you know right? there's poison oak and there's poison ivy and, you know so just so, and keep looking and there is some really gorgeous and what's fascinating this is really interesting. And I don't see anybody really doing it yet. Um, people are putting spells mm-hmm. on Instagram. I don't really see people making magic no. on Instagram. And that's what I'm interested because in. If, yeah. Like if you do anything with sigils right. or stuff like that, Instagram, perfect opportunity to spread a sigil mm-hmm. just to a wider audience. Because sigils work on sort of, uh, I call them shoals. So the more people who see it, the more just latent energy they pick up and then they just keep on doing they keep doing their doing their work their work mm-hmm. yeah they just keep on chugging along it's an interesting conversation i have uh, some that uh, sigils uh, to me it's a That's little fine. it's a, it's too abstracting and it, it it's like yeah it's like it's like kabbalistic esoteric magic and there's really a lot of truth and a lot of wisdom and a lot of power in symbols i'm a big at you know mm-hmm. symbols but yeah, so but there's a danger of abstraction. So I'm an animist, which yeah. we tend towards anyway. Yes. So when I make a sigil, I'm my viewpoint, which might be niche, is that uh, every spell I create, including every sigil, is a little spirit because spirits are energy, and so if a thing has energy, it has a spirit. Right. So every sigil I create is a 
for lack of a better word, person. Yeah. It's a spirit. It has an identity. Yeah. It does the job that I ask it to do because I created it and it loves me. Yeah. And when that job is done, I set it free to go either dissipate or to become something new. Have you read The Tempest? No. Should Wait. The, yes. You should read The Tempest. Yes. No, I have read The Tempest. <laughs> yeah. No. You have. Yeah, yeah, I have read the Tempest many moons ago, many moons back ago. in high school. It's good. It's fine. I, you know, far be it from me to criticize, and I respect. You. I think I you're mean, doing the work with integrity. Criticize if you like. No, no, <laughs> I just think that I'm getting old, and I don't know how much time I have left. And people have to make their journeys, and heavens knows, <laughs> and the earth knows, you know, that I have taken some long digressions into deep caves you know and so I come back and I'm and I you know I sound like my mother and I'm like really you know are you sure you want that tattoo in the middle of your forehead because you're never gonna get a job yeah so I, I know I'm sounding a little bit like you know a grumpy old lady who's telling everybody what to do I know I know um, and you have to walk your path and you have to do you have to go the way you're called um, and if you go the way you're called um, I think you know, you'll learn. And I, one thing I do know is that everybody's paths are absolutely unique. But right now, the thing that seems most pressing, and it could be because I know my time is limited, mm -hmm. right? You don't know that. I didn't know that when I was right. your Right, it's age. hard to know viscerally. Right, I know it viscerally. And knowing my own, you know, it's very resonant with, with the wisdom that the, the knowledge that the mother has been communicating. And... While our personal work and the creation of sigils and, you know, a, a binding ritual on a bad boyfriend and all these things are important and ways to learn, the greater learning that is demanded of us right now is the service to something far greater than ourselves. It is to the 50% of the creatures with whom we're sharing this planet, whom we are killing. Mm -hmm. And I'm aware that when I get on a plane to come to Michigan, that I am I'm participating. Yeah. It's one reason I agreed to do the online course. Mm -hmm. It was like, I don't really like that as a medium. I like to be in person. But I can't go to Australia. Mm -hmm. And I can't go to Hungary. And I'm not going, you know, if I travel once or twice, you know, and I'll go, I, yeah, I'll travel a little bit more, but I'm trying to. The, the, I feel that we have so much to learn about how to live in this world that it requires of us a tremendous humility and attentiveness to the wisdom that is everywhere around us and is a part of who we are, but that we have not been attending to as witches, as Americans, as, you know, whatever we are. And that that's the, that's the path that is the shared path that we, we must walk now because if we don't um, you won't be able to you, know, you won't be able to create a sigil the, the, the pleasures of personal magic will, will be irrelevant um, I lived on the water for the last 17 years and I sold my house um, in November and when I bought it I, it was small, it was old it was mine and I thought, I will live and I will die here. And I wrote my third book there. And that's where it was in that garden in a little circle surrounded by the apple trees that I had this epiphany. And so, and it's where I buried my familiar. And I was, this was my home. Um, and I fought 
a battle to, to preserve land in the little tiny town. And I mean, this, you know, I was well, all in. And the waters are rising. 17 years that I lived there, the waters have, it was on the water, mm -hmm. it was on an estuary that came in from the Peconic Bay, which is this big body of water that comes off the Atlantic between the forks of Long Island. Okay. So I was here, this little tiny, itty bitty little town full of old houses that fishermen used to live in, that stuck out into the water. And the waters, were high when I left in comparison. The marsh across from my house had lost two-thirds of the, of the marsh grass and the land was underwater. When it rains, the, the road in the front was flooded. There is no question about what is happening. I lived with it every day. I saw it and I have, you know, I could talk about it at length about the disappearance of but ospreys are back, but the, all these fish, it's, you know, the, I could see it. I can see it. And it's a more rural area. There's a lot of retirees, and low, you know, overdevelopments, but, but it's fishing and farming and now vineyards. But I can see it. I can see it. And we don't have a lot of time. So I say, yes, do your own work, do your sigils, but attend to the wisdom of Mother Earth. Pay attention to what is happening. Listen, because she'll tell you. She'll she will speak to you as clearly as she's. I mean, I, you know. Yes, I pay attention, but there's nothing extraordinary about me. In fact, that was part of the struggle I had about talking about this. It's like, who? What? Who am I? I'm just another person who's going to listen to you know. And go, oh, I had a vision. No, I saw the green man, and the mother talked to me, and this is what she told me. And people will be like, yeah, whatever. But the fact is, she'll talk to everybody. If we'll listen, she's yelling. And witches and pagans in particular are supposed to be listening. Yeah. You said that was our job. Maintain the balance, the right relationship. And so the great magic, beyond the small magics, the small magics of our personal lives, which will teach us a lot, you know, and, and, and give us good things and good lives. But the great magic that we are being called to is the magic of saving our brothers and our sisters and our mothers. Yeah. You're right, she'll recover. But in the meantime, you know, this ecstatic perfection that took six billion years to create. Mm -hmm. To get to this point. I cannot, if we don't survive, we don't deserve to survive. But if one creature dies because of our stupidity, I mean, I was impaled by that grief. For six years, I couldn't function. And now I'm back and I'm impaled by that grief. I am, I, you know, whatever time I have. And the thing is that when you give yourself to it's not like the despair goes away or the pain goes away. Because like, you cannot do this work and open yourself and not feel it, right? But then, you know, she gives you and he gives you. They give you, it gives you, because it's also without gender, right? It, the divine embodied by creation gives us everything. We, I mean, it gives us air to breathe and water to drink and food to eat and, you know, energy to live with. And all of those things are blessings beyond measure. And all we need to do is attend to them, care for them, and they will they will heal us and empower us and guide us and nourish and bless us and empower us to do this work. Now I'm gonna if you wanna make a sigil, send it to me. I'd like to see it. But I'm like, you know, that's good. But I want you to go outside and I want you to breathe. Oh yeah, no. Do you know what I mean? Oh no, sorry. I'm not. I'm, I'm not saying all, like. I'm, all, uh, I'm not saying. I'm not saying like 
just do a sigil. No, okay. no. I'm saying sigils are a relatively easy and accessible form of magic that don't require a lot of hoopla. You know, it's a focus. They're straightforward. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Now I'm going to kind of question creating it. Yeah, we can talk about that later. (laughs) The ethics ethics of that, yeah. Uh, you know, I'm a little... Oh, I understand why you're leery. My position is that everyone's already doing this and not taking responsibility for it. Ah. <laughs> yeah, well, that's a whole other conversation. Yeah. <laughs> a whole other but, you know, I need you to, like, not focus on taking responsibility for the and take responsibility for the air and the water and the grass and the... And the- you can do both. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. And I, I and I wanted so. to say, because you're going to be teaching, what, two classes? Here? I'm going to do the, this. I'm going to do the, yeah. the, the talk, which yeah. is Nature's yeah. Secret Magic, which we haven't really talked about, which is freaking amazing. Just today, I think. Yeah. 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 I'm going to be going Which was the that. final piece of the puzzle that I got. It was like when she sort of delivered these creation principles, these first principles, and there was a piece missing, and I finally got it like two years ago. And I was like, bingo. That's it. That's the ethic. For, for, that's the ethic for paganism, for witchcraft. It's not the threefold law. It is certainly not, and you harm none, do what you will. Yeah. Which is, you know, so inadequate and calls us to nothing more than than self indulgence. Yeah. Just don't. It's totally self. It's like do whatever you want. Just don't hurt anybody. Totally different. It's like it's totally different. It's you are called into right relationship by the earth itself, mm-hmm. by the way in which the earth organized. So I'm going to do that, today. and then I'm going to do the practices on Saturday. Oh, good. Like breathing and blessing water and something I call unnaming, which is how to learn from a plant or a shell or a seed or whatever, um, how to be taught by it, how to become humble and open and taught by it. Is she not the greatest thing in the entire universe? You have to take a picture. Oh, I'm supposed to hold up a picture. Oh, she did that. This is the new world. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. I'm like so freaked by this because to me it seems like a combination of like narcissism and voyeurism and weirdness. (laughs) I'm like this very private. I come out and write a book or I'll talk, mm-hmm. but then I'm like, <laughs> and now my life, you don't need to know that yeah. I'm like, I have a dog. I mean, you know, it but, looks like they've been having a conversation, have, not yes. really asking any questions. I'm sorry, uh, it's because I can't there stop was, talking. There was one question Mariah wanted to know if you would consider. I, I, wait, wait, I have to say, can I hug you? You may. This <laughs> is the new etiquette. Like, too late. Mariah wanted to know if you would consider human rights activism part of the work. Yeah, for job. sure. Absolutely. You know, if we, it, yeah, everybody's got their own path. It's unique and we need to be walking all of it. And if we can't be compassionate, you know, and take care of one another, we're not going to be able to right. take care of anything beyond that. And the, the calls for it. Hypothetically, now are, it should be easiest endless. to be compassionate to something that looks like you. Exactly. That's but it's remarkable how difficult that turns out to be exactly for, for so many people we are so far from who we're meant to be um, and of course we will have a great challenge because mother nature made us in sort of two uh polar and i'm not talking gender she, she created us with a kind of conservative mindset which tends to react to the strange and the unknown with tribalism and a certain amount of fear and then Which the, we're very much swinging, the pendulum is swinging in that direction right now. Well, it's being pandered to and, and aggravated, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. as opposed to ameliorated. Mm-hmm. And then you have the, the liberal, you know, to right. use our language, <laughs> but you have the, the mindset of, oh, look, that's, 
who are you? That sit down, let's have a let's have a beer. Tell me about your God. This sort of inquisitive. I guess I would call this the rejecting and the embracing. You could. I mean, psychologists have basically said it's sort of fear and tolerance mm-hmm. and risk tolerance. Yeah. And you need both if a species is going to survive. Right. Yeah. But but you need them to work together. And mm-hmm. right. I mean, I was talking about this in 2004 about the rise of fascism and this one in there and the global fascism oh, and the right is manipulating them. We're actually on Rupert Murdoch. <laughs> deliberately and the mm-hmm. ultimate deliberately is to exacerbate fear and antagonism towards the other and to misdirect it. Yeah. So you know how we re-engage the, again unity capitalism to come together. Yeah, it's part of it. It's a great challenge. The one thing that, that some um, psychologists have been talking about is that the good news is that while you cannot change that tribal disposition to right. be antagonistic, you can expand the boundaries. Right. And that's part of what the great challenge that we're facing is witches and pagans saying, no, the tree is literally right. connected yeah. part of the to tribe. me. It is part of the tribe is to expand the tribe. That's part of our job is yeah. to get people to see that the family, and that's why indigenous peoples, especially Native American indigenous peoples, all my relations and they mean it. And it's true. And it's the way in which they've lived. A lot of I think what this, and I think my work with core shamanism has been an enormous help in in sort of stripping away all the patriarchal stuff that hangs on to Western magical tradition, is is this state of oneness, of understanding that it's not just a word of being interconnected, it is a relationship, it's a familial relationship, that the earth really is our mother and the sun really is a kind of father and the plants um, are brothers and sisters and the animals are brothers and sisters and then we all require each other and we require each other. We're just starting to learn the ways in which we depend upon each other and that we are dependent on each other. Which so this is, is the secret. I, think, I mean, we knew about ecosystems decades ago. You'd think that no, I took no. this long. Well, and I look at it like this. The other the other day, there was a news story about a Michigan woman who was vacationing in Florida. Yes. Who she took a stick and she stirred up a, a sea turtle's nest, and then she started stomping on the eggs. On the eggs. Thankfully, none of the turtles were injured. The woman was arrested, thankfully, because that's illegal to do in Florida because they're endangered. But I feel like that kind of embodies kind of. Humanity. What's, what's the decision making happening there? It, it's like there's no respect, there's no concern, there's no. This is a. This is a. You know, a it's part a, of it's life. It's a kind of sociopathy. And it is. But the problem is, sociopath And the problem is that's just humanity. That's humanity's opinion toward nature and toward the earth and toward our mother. And that is what we as witches, I believe, we have got to change that around. I wonder if calling it nature is part of the problem. Maybe that's part of the problem. Well, call it mother nature. I mean, well, no, I, I, I think, I think humans, I think for some reason, humans don't think of themselves as part of yeah, nature. We, we kind of think about ourselves as outside. We don't think of ourselves as animals. Well, that's the fallacy. Yeah. I, I call it, it's the fallacy of consciousness. Mm-hmm. We have an aberrant idea of reality mm-hmm. and we've lived with it for more than five yes. years so changing that you know are we going to be able to change that our, our future our lives the planet depends upon it and the good news is that species evolve when their survival depends upon it yeah here's the thing one of the greatest events in human is, and it happens very rarely, is the birth of a new religion. We are in the process of rebirthing one of the most ancient religions because witchcraft, in fact, the word witch comes from witcha. The word witcha has roots that are 
over 5,000 years ago. It goes back to the Proto-Indo-European. It's ancient. And that it was the period of It's a universal wisdom tradition. All over the globe, all indigenous peoples have variations on it. But, and so did we. And that to me is the revival. And the practices work. And the practices are as simple as breathing. The purpose of, a, of any religion is to hold forth the great wisdom, whatever it is, in you know particular cultural tradition and particular historic moment. You know, Christianity served a, a, a radicalizing, you know, love, universal love right. for other human it beings. It had a job. Yeah, right. And of course, it gets distorted. Right. And whether it accomplished that job. A little bit of what we've been talking about today is how it's gotten distorted. You know, the, the inadvertent consequences, yeah. the unintended consequences of 20 years of Let's get out, you know, let's get the word out there and mm -hmm. let's lay the path and fix the legal situation and make it and go on media and deal with Bill O'Reilly and write books and make it possible. Go be in the, go to the Parliament of the World's Religions and teach all these religious leaders, you know, that they don't have to be afraid of witches or pagans mm -hmm. or anything else and make room on the global stage. And then all of a sudden, you know, so you open the space and this rushes through and they're doing mechanical magic. Mostly they're calling themselves witches. They haven't even gotten halfway around the circle. It's all about intention and willpower and manipulating unseen forces. It's like, that's not witchcraft. That's esoteric magic. That's like, that's old Victorian magic. It's the, it's so, the entry it's, point. It's an entry point. Okay. But, so now let's yeah, go to the next got, now step. step. Let's evolve to the next step. Our job is that every religion is a rallying cry to the best of who we can be, should be, and are meant to be, as is needed at the moment, right, in our maturational history at this particular moment. There is a reason that witchcraft is the fastest growing spirituality in America now. Oops. And, okay. <laughs> and while it may seem that it's because of, you know, that suddenly you have access to power or you're in, in reality, there is a much deeper calling that's going on. And it is this calling, it's this ancient role, it's the most ancient role that we ever had. And as you started off this conversation, and you were right, in the old days, it was about maintaining right relationship between the liminal and the seemingly mundane, and showing people you know, how the, they could remove the blindfold and see that they were living in the sacred world and therefore live in the right ways. And now we're called to restore it. It's a much more challenging, much more challenging, much more challenging task. And it's challenging because we have to well, make our own. Exactly. We, we have to we have to first rediscover it before we, we can even begin restoring it to the rest of the world. Exactly. But we can do it. We yeah. have we, everything we need is already within us. Every the practices are there. They just need to be streamlined. So you know, okay. A lot of people are saying you need to come back to work. Like, no, like I'm the wrong generation. They're not gonna get me. I'm not hip anymore, you know? I look weird and old, and I'm like, you know, anti-Phyllis. They're like, no, we need anti-Phyllis. Like, oh, you mean like the wisdom that comes from 40 years of practice? Yeah. And they're like, you need to just venture, and people will get it or they won't. Mm -hmm. Like, well, it's not about words. It's about practices. And that's the wonderful thing about core shamanism was I didn't really have a teacher. The drum was the teacher and the method was the teacher. So I'm a great believer in the method. It allows for individual journeys, but truly we find we're traveling in the same landscape. And so, you know, I'm going to teach the ways. And, you know, the first step was, okay, this is Wicca, but this is why. You know, we, do, we do this, we cast a circle and you say this and you do that. But this is why, this is why, this is, all of it connects you back to the sacred, to the divine within you and in the world around you. It's all about that. And then the next step is let's let's simplify the practices. 
the real challenge that I think, because I'm always interested in building these bridges into the broader culture, is how to do this in a way that resonates for a new age community, for a progressive Christian community, for, for a Buddhist, for people outside of the craft. I truly believe, like, all these people are doing meditation. You don't have to be Buddhist to meditate. You don't have to be Hindu to practice yoga. You don't have to be an initiated witch or in a pagan tradition to do what I'm calling, right now I'm calling it green breathing, to breathe in a certain way, to understand what happens with water, to, to use certainness to work with the Sabbaths, to begin to bring yourself into right relationships. Yeah. And into alignment. There are things that, that we offer Simple, simple, simple that can precipitate a true awakening to the fact that we're living in a safe world. Because everybody, I don't care what your religion is or what culture, we're all children. We all live here. We all live here. So here's the secret magic. And then I will relinquish the airway. <laughs> Stop talking for two minutes. Then I start again at 2.45. So this was the missing piece of the puzzle. And it's I call it nature's secret magic, and it was a biologist who's an expert, uh, Janice Bainis. She's got a uh, TED talk from like 2009 or something. It's really great, and she's like talking about how nature does everything that we need better than we do. She makes lenses, she makes adhesives, she makes you know suspension bridges. She's and we need to learn from her. She's talking about scientific, you know, technological needs, you know, to be human needs. She gets to the end of her talk, like me. She's talking too much. She gets to the end of the talk, and they're like, she got, well, I've got one more point. It's this one. And she's like, but I've run out of time. So, and they come on stage, and they go, no, no, go ahead. Yeah. And she gets to the puzzle piece that I was missing, which was the thing that healed my soul and sent me back to all of you. Sorry. <laughs> Nature's secret magic, she said. And this is the final thing that we've witnessed in our observations of nature. And it's, it's nature's magic. It's a secret. We don't really understand how she does this. But everything, the way gases are made and, and soil is made fertile and the whole, all of the, the systems that, that support life that are not alive mm -hmm. and life itself, that bird, uh -huh. right? That bird, those plants, the insects in the soil, everything natural around us. In taking care of itself, eating, recreating, procreating, defecating. Mm -hmm. She calls it foreplay. <laughs> the most fabulous foreplay. Engaged in the most fabulous While life is taking care of itself and all of these systems are magically mm -hmm. supporting life, what is happening is that each little part of life is making the world, the part of the world in which it lives, more conducive. Science for all life. I cannot say this. I've said this now a lot, although not as much as I will be saying it. And I get goosebumps. In other words, the, the fundamental organizing principle of creation that we are blessed to in this little envelope of life, the way it works is that all the systems support life and then life itself makes a, a better, context, a safer life system for all life. Mm -hmm. That is the ethic for paganism, that is the ethic for witchcraft, that is the ethic for all human beings, that is the ethic for life, and that is proof 
of the divinity of creation. Mm. That's it, bingo. That's beautiful. Yep. It is. That's beautiful. How do we change everything so that when we do something, so that the we do everywhere we, we are, are just creating just better, creating safer life better. systems right. for everything else. And that's our job. Nature, there's no waste in it. So that's one of our big problems mm -hmm. that we create. Nature is reusing. Efficient. She reuses the waste. And, okay, that's our operating principle. Got it. I got it. That's how we do it. So I don't know how you do it, but I don't have to know how. You have to do your legal there are, systems, there are your economic of human systems. beings on this planet. Someone should know how. The psych right. No, well, the, the psychologists will figure it out. Mm -hmm. the, the, the people who do waste work, you know, each area now has to address itself to this is the operating principle. How do we do it? We can do that. Why couldn't we? Oh, yeah, do humans it? are very good at outsourcing oh, expertise. Yeah. Absolutely. Everything we need to know, she's showing us. That's the biomimicry. It's all right in front of us. We have to take off the blindfold, become humble. This is what become humble and learn from her, and she'll show us. She'll show us how to make magic. She'll show us how to awaken magic. She'll show us how to live. She'll show us how to do how to do what we used to do. Mm -hmm. We can do it. That's right. I know we can do it. Before I die? No. <laughs> Before you die? Probably not. But we're going to do it. We're going to do it. That's one reason time. this is the fastest growing spiritual in the United States. And you, people may not realize it. And instead of it taking them 40 years to figure it out, we're going to speed it up. Mm -hmm. As much as possible. As much as we can. All right. Well, Phyllis, I think your assistant has, yeah, has been, been flashing to, a sign for to, like 10 minutes. To cue us for a bit. <laughs> So, but we'd like to thank you for sharing this time with us, for sharing my your joy, with my us. joy. It's fun to be back. I'm looking forward to your class. I'm going to be attending that. So, and thank you guys for hanging out, for listening, and I hope you enjoyed what Phyllis had to share. And remember, you are part of this. Really listen to what she said and bring it into your heart because as witches, as Wiccans, as pagans, this is our calling is to restore the balance to restore this understanding of relationship that we have with our earth mother got to do the work got to do the work to be all right which is to be a wise one to be that's a wise right. one is to be a seer of the sacred that's right it's as close as the next breath you take there you that's go right. there you go, go outside go breathe with the tree. go breathe go play go, breathe. go outside now. and play go 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 all right <laughs> goodbye goodbye Bye. friends we'll we will see you, see you again later <laughs>